This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Smells like football, baby. <laughs> What is up, guys? Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Smackdown. It is Friday, wrapping up the week here on August 12th. I'm your host, Kyle August, and on today's show, we are covering part two of my 2022 running back preview. And if you missed the show earlier this week on the Smackdown, I went through my running back tiers, covered my top 60 in my rankings for this season. So go check that one out if you missed it. Covered the quarterbacks last week, so already right in the middle here of our positional previews. For this upcoming season. Of course, if you're new to the show, the SmackDown is a little bit more redraft focused, but it should put things in perspective for you. For you avid dynasty players, it's important to make sure that you're winning all your leagues, right? You want to prove that you're the best fantasy player out there. So hopefully I'll help you do that here today. On part two, I'm going to go through some strategy, some running back avoids and targets, and then some of my favorite mid and late round guys to target in your redraft leagues for this season. Like I mentioned, go back and check out the prior show's brought the SmackDown back starting in August. It's been a lot of fun hanging out with you guys. Uh, as always, you can hit me up on Twitter at KyleMonth8. If you have any draft day questions, with it just being a little early to mid-August, hopefully your uh, redraft leagues are still maybe a week or two away. I'm going to get you covered with the rest of my positional previews covering the wide receivers next week in a two-parter similar to this. And then, of course, the tight end uh, position as well, uh, along with some more strategy and other draft prep things as we move through the month of August, but appreciate you listening. Uh, real quick note, again, I mentioned it uh, last week, but I'm going to be at the Fantasy Football Expo in Canton, Ohio this upcoming weekend. If you're listening to this, uh, it's the 12th through the 14th. So if you've never been to the Expo, it's a great time. If you're going for the first time, uh, get ready to enjoy yourself. It's a ton of fun. They've added a little extra stuff this year, so looking forward to it. Uh, but if you're in the area and you get a chance, uh, make it happen. It's good stuff, even if it's not this year. But if you are there, hit me up on Twitter, uh, again, at KyleMonth8, and uh, let's let's hang out for a bit. All right, let's dive into this thing, hard-hitting analysis. Uh, just coming at you quick here. Uh, you guys know football. You guys know these players. I'm trying to just give you that little extra edge uh, on your league mates so that uh, you, you can show how good you are at this without only having to dominate your dynasty leagues, right? So let's dive into the redraft strategy. For me, uh, I am looking to get one of my top 21 running backs uh, for my top for my RB1 and RB2. That's generally going to take me, uh, that's going to force me to draft a running back in with two of my first three picks. 
Now, be fluid, obviously. Read the room. If great value is falling to you and you want to go wide receiver, wide receiver, as an example, in the first two rounds, I don't have anything wrong with that, and we'll touch on the wide receivers next week. But for me, what I'm looking for, if I'm sitting there in, in round one, depending on where my pick is, uh, my tier one uh, of running backs is my first five players, which I'll just recap quickly for you, is Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, and Najee Harris. So if I one of the first five picks, I'm taking those guys. Once I get, and this is non-super flex, once I get to that point, I will start to consider the top tier one of wide receivers, which little preview, and these guys you should probably already know, but Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. I don't think I'm, I'm making anything crazy uh, here, but so those are going to be my first five picks, and then I might consider the wide receivers. But for me, there are 10 running backs that are RB1s. Uh, that's my first three tiers. So I'm going to try to get at least one of those guys. So if I'm picking towards the back end of, of round one and I know, hey, I can pick up J- Justin Jefferson right here and I can still get somebody that's in my in my tier three, like a DeAndre Swift or Leonard Fournette, I'm good with that. You know, I know that those guys will get back to me. So what I highly encourage you to do is really do your own rankings. Uh, sometimes it can be a little bit intimidating to rank so many players. But I, I highly encourage everybody, regardless of what position you're looking at from a strategy, is at least kind of map up your first two to three picks. Rank your, your top 24, 36 overall and then kind of see where you're going to look. If you know that there's an abundance of one position that you could wait on uh, and then and go another route in round one, you can do that. Uh, so, But for me, there's 10 guys. I want one of those 10. So if I'm sitting there towards the back end of round one and it's getting thin, even though it might be a reach, I'm still going to take my guy because I'm still pushing other talent down back to me in early round two, and I'll be good to go. Um, with that being said, I mentioned that I kind of have 21, 22 running backs that I feel pretty good about as having my one and two, and I want at least two of those guys. The running back position gets thin quick. So if you're used to drafting in dynasty leagues, right, or doing startups or just rookie drafts, I highly encourage you to do some mock drafts regardless of what position you're trying to evaluate. But one thing I'll mention is when you start looking at these running backs that are towards the back end of my top 22, which is again, where my cutoff is like, I want two of these guys, the names at like 19 to 22 for me, Dave Montgomery, JK Dobbins, Josh Jacobs, Zeke, the players that will be there when they're on the board at other positions will probably be sexier. Um, if I pull up ADP for those guys, let's look at uh, Josh Jacobs, for for instance. Uh, like you're going to have DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, uh, Jalen Waddell, uh, as far as receivers that are right there. You still have Darren Waller, George Kittle sandwiched around Josh Jacobs as well. It might, you know, straight up, yeah, I might take one of those guys over Josh Jacobs, right? He's the back end of my tier. He's right at the cutoff. But what you really got to be considering is, well, what running backs are you going to be looking at later compared to those wide receivers. Those mid-round wide receivers are going to be way more attractive than the running backs that are there. And if you've already stacked up on wide receivers and you need some running back depth, you're not really going to be thrilled there. So again, just really look at the value that you're getting. It's tough to compare them to the players around them because would I take DJ Moore over Josh Jacobs straight up? 100% of the time. Um, But if I'm sitting there and it's getting thin, I I might need to, to go that route and know that I can get somebody comparable uh, to DJ Moore versus what I'm going to be looking at at the running back position. One other thing that I'll note is I think in my opinion, uh, this is all my opinion, rarely am I looking to just straight handcuff my running back unless I'm really looking at the last round or second to last round. 
And also, I'm generally only looking to do that if I'm drafting this time of the month, like early early to mid-August. Now, if you're drafting any time uh, before uh, that last weekend of August, I don't mind just throwing it on there. You know, if I want to take uh, Donta Foreman because I, I took Christian McCaffrey in round one and he's free, that that's fine. What you're going to do is probably just going to drop him even before the season starts. Uh, once you know CMC uh, is 100% good to go, there's nothing craziness there that's going to happen in practice. You know, as an example, he's not going to play in preseason. But if you want to handcuff your guy for free, that's fine. But otherwise, I'm not spending a round eight, nine, even 10 pick on a straight handcuff running back just because. Uh, so you really got to look at value there. When I looked at these guys, uh, Madison's going in round eight as an example. So we've seen that he's not somebody that works his way onto the field with Dalvin Cook, right? When Cook's out, Madison's awesome. Talked about that on, on the show on Tuesday. But you're really just banking on purely an injury there, and I don't want to burn a roster spot on another running back. So that's kind of my overall strategy at the position. Going to roll into some avoids and some targets for you guys. Uh, and these are some bigger names uh, on both lists. And then I'll roll into some mid and, and late round options. Uh, at the top of my list for my avoids for this season, uh, I went with Dalvin Cook. He's ADP RB6. ECR, which is expert consensus ranking over at Fantasy Pros. ECR is RB4. He's inside my top 10, so he is one of those RB1s. I'm not saying I'm out on Dalvin Cook for this season, but you got to get Nick Picky at the top of the board, and I'm not spending an, a first half of my round one, uh, those top six picks. I'm not spending that pick on Dalvin Cook. I think there's guys that have similar, if not more, upside than Dalvin. Dalvin had, you know, is coming off, you know, two great years in 2019, 2020, but last year, Dalvin was RB10 in points per game. Uh, he played 13 games. You know, he got you over that thousand yard mark, had the seven touchdowns, you know, solid season. Um, his on pace numbers were solid. So the missed time definitely, definitely hurt him a bit. But again, points per game, RB10. Uh, when we saw what we saw to him in 2019 and 2020 that made him such a, such a stud was those huge gaudy touchdown numbers. Uh, and we just didn't see that from him in, in 2021. So I don't know that he will be somebody that is, uh, is a candidate to lose time to another running back or anything like that. Again, still, uh, a, a top 10 running back for me, but just somebody that I think is going ahead of a, just a few too many guys. So go back and check out the tier episodes for him, but cook slots in and tier three for me at RB nine. Uh, another guy here that I'm unlike Dalvin cook, where I'm like, Hey, I'm just fade him just a little bit. I t might take a look at, you know, some other guys, uh, like a Joe Mixon or DeAndre Swift or Kamara. My second avoid here is somebody that I'm pretty much avoiding. Um, his ADP is RB15. His average ranking over at Fancy Pros right now in PPR is RB16. And he comes in at running back 22 in my rankings. He's pretty much the cutoff for I'm okay with him as my RB2. Uh, that's pretty much the point of no return for me. But based off of where he's going in ADP, which is early round three, I am not looking to add uh, Ezekiel Elliott. It pains me to say it. Uh, I'm a Cowboys fan. I've loved Zeke for all these years, but eventually the names aren't worth the price. And that's where we're at with Zeke for this season. I know last year his splits were really solid. I mentioned it on, on the Tuesday show, but I'll reiterate it once again. Uh, the first nine games, really solid. Average 16 attempts, 74 yards, two receptions, eight touchdowns in those first nine games. But then the last seven games, they were only giving him the rock 11 times a game. He was averaging under 40 rushing yards. The receptions were still there. And I think the receptions are fairly safe for Zeke and Pollard, to be honest, based off of the Cowboys' weapons that they still have. 
on the team. I think they, they can be involved in the passing. They could both do it. But in those last seven games, just the four total touchdowns. I think Zeke is a candidate to still get you to the 10 total touchdowns, but I just his efficiency just dropped off so much, and we've continued to see this with him over the years. This offense still should be good. So, again, he's still an RB2 in my book and somebody that I'm still okay taking. But, again, you're talking about a seven-point difference uh, in ADP versus my ranking, and I'm just not touching Zeke in round three. If he's sitting there late around four, you know, in round four is okay. Round five would be great. Um, that's more around the Josh Jacobs range that I talked about earlier. But other than that, no, I can't reach for him this year. He's not—he's definitely not a target. He's a guy I'm probably looking to avoid. My third player at the running back position that I'm looking to avoid this season, this one pains me to say it, uh, but it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's had two years to get it done, hasn't done it. Um, he now is going to be, uh, you know, he's RB1. They've got rid of some of these other guys around him, but they still brought in Ronald Jones. Uh CEH's first two seasons of the league, he's only he's played 23 games, just 11 total touchdowns, and only 55 receptions. The one thing when they drafted, the Chiefs drafted CEH in uh, in round one, at the end of round one, is that you know a big part of this was, man, he's going to be so involved in the passing game, right? This is a great offense. That, you know, Even if he gets half the workload on the ground, he's so involved in the passing game. And that really, really hasn't happened. Um, one of the reasons, the main reason, though, that I'm looking to avoid CEH He's ADP running back 25. What And for me, I have him ranked at 27. So we're not far off here. I think, again, just with the offense, there's a chance. But he's being taken at the end of round five right now. And again, I, as I mentioned with Josh Jacobs, you know, there's other, you know, the running backs there are going to be more attractive. But for me, CEH is the start of where that, that tier break is. I mentioned Zeke at running back 22. He's by tier five. That's kind of where my cut is. I have a, I have a few guys behind Zeke, Travis Etienne, uh, Antonio Gibson, AJ Dillon, Damian Harris. Those guys are another tier, but then my tier eight starts with CEH and he is the first guy taken. And the other guys in those tiers are at a round or two behind him. So to reach for CEH there, I think at that point, you can start to look at the other wide receivers going around him. And for CEH, as an example, you're looking at a Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, you have the Broncos wide receivers there, which I would definitely take over CEH. Um, I just don't think he's a difference maker. Um, at the position and again I highly suggest you tear out your own guys to kind of see where that break is but for me it's just too expensive the last guy on this list that I'm looking to avoid I just don't really see the upside of taking rookie James Cook in round eight he's running back 38 so once you get that low how much downside is there really these guys are are fairly cheap but if if you're like me you're generally spending those first at least six picks on running backs and wide receivers Maybe you take it. Maybe you take a tight end. We're going to talk about tight end strategy here uh, in in a week or so. But for me, usually that round eight, you know, seven, eight, nine. I'm I'm looking to maybe add a quarterback if there's if there's one that's elite still that I feel is worth taking there. Definitely, you know, looking at tight end as well if there's somebody uh, in that range. But for me, James Cook, he's my running back, 46. Devin Singletary is still there. Despite Singletary's run uh, towards the end of last season that I mentioned, which was unbelievable, this isn't a team that's heavily favored a running back. So you're talking about a little, you know, even if it's two guys, now it's a little crowded. Plus you add in Josh Allen, not breaking any news there. His rushing production's off the charts. So unless James Cook is going to be that heavily involved in the passing game, which we know is his strong suit, uh, I just don't see a ton of upside here uh, with a running back like James Cook that early i think if he starts sliding down that's fine obviously every running back's value uh when you look at adp 
if it starts going downwards, these conversations change. But where you're taking him right now, I just don't see it. When you can look at a guy like Isaiah Spiller, uh, who is running back 47 compared to running back 38 with James Cook. He's two rounds cheaper than James Cook. That's somebody that I think has just as much opportunity in an offense that's just as good uh, as Buffalo. I would rather take rookie Isaiah Spiller as an example that late in the game uh, than, than spend a pick on James Cook in round eight. So that was a guy that jumped out to me. Those are four guys I'm looking to avoid at the position. I got four guys I'm looking to target. A few big names here right off the top. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna mention it because when I when I looked at uh, the expert consensus ranking over at Fantasy Pros, Derrick Henry coming in at RB six to me. I mentioned it on the tier show. He's a tier one running back. He's my running back too, right there with Jonathan Taylor. His numbers last year, Derrick Henry's were insane. He was running back one in points per game, almost two and a half points better than JT. And in just his half a season, Derrick Henry did us a favor here for all the on pace people in the world. Derrick Henry said, I'm going to play eight games exactly. Uh, Try multiplying this by two, right? We'll even give him one missed game, right? He had 219 attempts, 937 rushing yards, and 10 touchdowns. And one off his career high, 18 receptions. That doesn't sound like much, right? 18 receptions is not great, especially when you're talking about CMC or Eckler or Najee. Those guys are going to be 80-plus in the bag, right? But if Derrick Henry can get to... 40 receptions. That's that's Jonathan Taylor territory. And you know Henry's going to get fed the rock, even if it comes down just a bit. I don't know, and I don't know why they would. They should continue to feed Derrick Henry. He's the reason they win games. But for me, Derrick Henry is somebody that, if you want to take him at the 101, I am good with that. I, I honestly, you know, I, I think he's right there. That's why he's in that same tier for me. But I don't really think Henry should go any later than RB3, even in PPR. So for me, there's a little bit of value there. And again, got to be nitpicky. Um, but for me, I think there's a lot of things in Henry's favor versus the other running backs around him. My second target here at the running back position is Alvin Kamara. I talked about it on the Tuesday show just a bit, but really for me, I'm not going at this point, I'm not going to draft him worried about a suspension. If it happens, you know, it's out of your control, but his price tag right now, I think builds that in. I think Kamara is an RB one. I think he is a first round pick. I think he's a top 10 overall pick uh, in fantasy drafts this season. He's my running back seven, and he's going mid-round two, RB11. Now, once more data comes in and once we get a little bit closer and people are kind of using that, hey, I'm just going to go for it, right? I'm not going to bank on a suspension. I'm not going to worry about that. It'll ha- When that happens, I'll deal with it if it happens, right? But for me, Kamara, he, he is, he's shown he's, he's high end. Even last year, career low 47 receptions. You know, that, that stinks. First year under 80 for him, but a career high in attempts. Uh, they haven't added much of the position. They have Mark Ingram still there. but I, So I still think Kamara is going to see a, a good amount of attempts. And I think those catches are going to come up with a consistency at the quarterback position that he didn't have last year. Um, he had nine touchdowns in 13 games. We know what this guy can do. Um, he was running back six in points per game last year. I think he can at least replicate that, if not be a little bit better. That's why I have him at RB7 in my rankings and somebody that I'm definitely tanking in the first round. Um, so if you can get him... Even in late round one, early round two, I love it. And again, his ADP right now in PPR is mid round two. My third target, this is a guy that I'm seeing a lot of negative things on. And you can definitely chop it up just like any of these running backs. You can chop up stuff to make things look poor uh, in a guy's case. And this was a player that I thought when we ended the 2021 season was an obvious like, I'm not buying into this again, right? He was a stud last year with huge touchdown numbers, which will come down but I still think the price tag for James Conner is someone is something that I'm really trying to look for and leverage. 
He is going at running back 17. He's going at the 308 right now. So mid, maybe mid, late third round, depending on your league. He's my running back 13. Uh, Connor was RB9 in points per game, put up a stellar season, 18 total touchdowns. Uh, and the splits without Chase Edmonds were really were, were really good. Six He had six games without Edmonds. They started involving Connor in a passing game, which is a skill we know he has. And he had 25 receptions in those six games. So when I look at James Conner, again, they brought in a few bodies, but I don't know that they brought anybody that I'm significantly afraid of to take touches away from James Conner. I don't think there's somebody that's as good as Chase Edmonds that they brought in. And if you're talking about mid-round three for a running back that has pretty easily, for me, double-digit touchdown upside in that offense, they continue to give him the red zone looks. I think Conner's a great price and somebody that if you go wide receiver running back or or running back wide receiver with your first two picks, you can snatch up James Conner in round three and feel really damn good about him being your RB2 when I think, honestly, he has borderline RB1 upside, which we saw just a season ago. Last target here, this is a guy that he's at the end-ish of that uh, of that range of running backs I said that I want at least as my running back two. Uh, and I mentioned Zeke as an avoid, who's just one spot lower in my rankings there. In this, they share a tier together. I'm avoiding Zeke Elliott uh, in the third in the third round at his current ADP, but I'm targeting Josh Jacobs. Jacobs is getting just pooped on left and right um, because of this new offense bringing in coming in and all these reports that they're going to share. I hate to break it to anyone that doesn't already know this, but unless you're pretty much in that top seven or eight at the position, most of these guys are sharing workload. You look at somebody like a Nick Chubb, like Aaron Jones, like Javante Williams. All of these guys are sharing. Josh Jacobs will share. It'll be fine, but he'll still be the lead back. And I'm still banking on him getting the red zone looks. Uh, nine total touchdowns last season. Really solid. His, his attempts actually dropped a bit, but his catches were there. 54 uh, receptions. Does that number come back to where his career, kind of where his career was before? Maybe. But I think when you're talking about uh, a running back just outside the top 20, ADP uh, is running back 23. He's p- currently going mid to late round four. He's my RB21, and again, somebody that I'm good with. He's kind of right there at that point of no return with Zeke. But again, he's going at least a round or more later than what Zeke Elliott is right now. So I'm good with with targeting Josh Jacobs. All those guys, uh, for me, Jacobs, Zeke, and then, you know, CEH a little bit distance behind. You know, they're all going in that that three to four or five range, uh, and I'm good targeting Josh Jacobs there. I think if his price tag continues to dip, then now there's value there, right? Early on in the preseason, Jacobs was going a little bit earlier that people were banking on those stats to kind of about, you know, kind of return to form. I think he does take a little bit of a step back in 2022. But if people thought he was going to replicate it, you maybe you're looking somewhere towards that, you know, round three range. But if he's going round four and later round four, that's great value. Pick him up. He's a solid RB2 uh, and somebody that I'm I'm looking to target. All right. Favorite mid round running backs for this. I defined it as round eight to eleven. Uh, and a few of these guys don't have obviously direct playing time, but I'd rather take some of these guys over. Once you get in that range every year, there's the, Oh, Marlon Mack. Well, he, he's the starter, right? Okay. You know, even Cordero Patterson, he's the starter, right? These are, these are bad offenses for one, but, uh, there's, there's other guys there. They're not clear cut in my opinion. Some of these guys that I'm targeting, they aren't the starter right now. They aren't the starter right now, but I think there's a path for them to, if not be the starter at some point, uh, get a pretty nice timeshare of their backfield. 
So for me, top of the list is Kenneth Walker. He's going right now early round eight, so he barely sneaks in to qualify for a mid-round option. He's running back 36 uh, in ADP. He's going a round and a half later than Rashad Penny. Uh, Penny's already dealing with an injury. Big surprise. Uh, now, whether they're just using that as an excuse to hold him out of the preseason game, that's fine. This is not a great offense. It's not going to be. But I think a workload is going to be there. And I do think the town of Kenneth Walker being taken in the second round of the NFL draft, I think he's going to take the job over. I feel like he can do it all. And this is an offense that has given a lot of volume to the running backs in the past. And I think that they're going to they're going to try to do that again to the best of their ability there. So for me, Kenneth Walker, I think there's some upside there, especially when you look at the other running backs that are being taken right around him. Um, he's right there with Melvin Gordon and Chase Edmonds uh, in ADP. But he's, he's ahead of those guys for me. Uh, and he's taken just slightly ahead of Mondre Stevenson, James Cook, who I talked about, Alexander Madison, who I kind of mentioned. So I think Kenneth Walker right there jumps out to somebody that's like, hey, I'm not banking on an injury like I would if I'm taking Madison, right? I'm I'm looking at a guy that can take the stranglehold up, you know, and take that job from Penny uh and and produce at a at a decent level and hopefully be an RB2 for you in his rookie season. Another mid-round target that I like. This guy's going towards the end of round nine. He's running back 43 right now in ADP. Um and that's Daryl Henderson. Uh, talked about him on on the show last week. Henderson, for me, running back 35 in my rankings. He's in a tier with Edmonds, Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, and he's going he's going later than those guys right now. Uh, again, later round nine. I think Acres, the reports are, you know, he's looked good, and, and I hope he is, especially for the price that we have to pay. I have Acres ranked inside my top 20. He's somebody that I'm looking to count on. You want to piece that offense, right? Uh, the rushing touchdowns for the Rams are going to go up. They had 10 last year. Henderson was great when he was getting the opportunities uh, last season. His first half splits were awesome. Then he got injured and they just they couldn't get him the ball, right? They were having to go other routes due to his injury. Uh, now, obviously sharing the backfield with Akers, but I think it's really just these two guys. I think Henderson can work himself into a role to maybe be a flex option for you uh, without Akers there. Um and, and that's somebody that I'm really looking to take in round nine with, again, significant upside if he is given the lead back role. And the last guy here, round 11, digging just a little bit deeper. Uh, I went with uh, Kenny Gainwell. He's running back 52, end of the 11th round in ADP. He's going behind J.D. McKissick, Mostert, Algier, Chubba, uh, Hubbard. I, I just think with Gainwell, a lot of the reports coming out, you know, that they're working him in high leverage situations. Don't like that he's nicked up right now. Um, but when you look at this backfield, I mentioned Miles Sanders had zero touchdowns last year, which is kind of crazy because Gainwell and Boston Scott had 12 on the ground. Uh, but I think if they if they look to Gainwell a little bit more, he gets some of those Boston Scott looks. I think Gainwell could be a guy that similar to like a, maybe a Marlon Mack, right? Is somebody that uh, can work his way into this offense, be a solid flex for you um, in P, in PPR leagues. Um, especially, I think he has that skill set. Uh, now, I know it's a low-volume passing offense, but again, I think when you're looking at end of round 11, almost round 12, I think Gainwell is is worth a shot there. And somebody, again, the running back's in front of him, I think there's you know, there's a possibility that he leaves frogs, those guys, or at least works his way into an even timeshare split. And you're talking about a guy that's going six, almost seven rounds after uh, Miles Sanders right now. Going to wrap this thing up with the late round options. This is round 12 or later. These are some guys really when you're just looking at the end of your draft, you're looking for a little bit of more running back depth, trying to just get ahead of the waiver wire, really trying to add these guys before they spark early. Uh, for me, one of my picks here is Daryl Williams. Um, 
He's somebody that the, the Arizona Cardinals brought in from Kansas City last season. He was a guy last year that I constantly was just not interested in. Every time he showed that yeah, he might be the guy um, is, you know, I, I I looked elsewhere, right? I, I thought there was other talent on that offense that he wouldn't do it. But Williams was really solid last season. 47 catches on 57 targets, eight total touchdowns. Um, and for me, what what could be interesting here is I think he is a little bit of a different back than Chase Edmonds. I think he can do it on the ground a little bit more than Edmonds could. Uh, but I love the 47 catches. You know, that's a really solid number. Uh, and for a running back to, to bring in here that last year, when they had the Connor Edmonds combination, that first eight games when Edmonds was healthy, Edmonds actually out-touched James Connor uh, 105 to 99. It was a pretty even split when you look at touches. Connor had the edge on the ground, 94 carries to 75 for Edmonds, but that's still really solid if you're looking at a you know a, a two-headed monster there and the catches were heavily in Edmonds's favor 30 catches to five they were really using Edmonds as those in those situations so Daryl Williams again if he if his ADP starts rising you know if he ends up getting into that that top 45 top 40 then I, I don't think so I think Connor has a stranglehold on the goal line looks but if Daryl Williams can work his way into an even time split uh you know between the 20s and have that passing downs work then I, he's a flex so you can get him super, super late right now. Again, RB 55 in ADP and expert consensus ranking. So outside that top 50, he's a great late round value, in my opinion. Round 12 or later for these guys. Another guy here, uh, got a couple of rookies. Going Brian Robinson, uh, Washington Commanders rookie running back. For, uh, he was a fourth round pick by Washington. This is a team that continues to show me that they don't trust Antonio Gibson. Uh, I know you need guys, but the amount of effort that they put in uh, to get J.D. McKissick back uh, to bring uh, Robinson in through the draft, I think that Gibson is, again, somebody that I don't necessarily think has a stranglehold on that starting job. Um, and there could be an opportunity here where they lean on Robinson a bit. So I think he's one of those guys. Again, I'm never looking to handcuff my guys, rarely um, am I looking to do that. But I think when you look at uh, the opportunity that Washington has, He's a guy that could work his way into some playing time. And even later than that, this guy is running back 84 uh, in, in expert consensus rankings. I'm going with Pierre Strong. Uh, there was a little report, maybe the Patriots trade Damian Harris. And if that happens, then it you know all systems go for Pierre Strong as a, as a late round option. This guy's going to go undrafted in the majority of your leagues um, that aren't very deep. But we've seen New England just for almost no reason just switch up their running back rotation. Uh, and Strong's a fourth-round rookie pick that um, you know they brought in. And again, this is a team that will rotate their running backs in and out. That's why Stevenson is an eighth-round pick right now. Uh, but I think, again, if you're looking super, super deep in a 12-team, 16-round draft, you're, you're not drafting Pierre Strong. Uh, but if you're getting somewhere maybe in that 20 rounds, uh, a 14-teamer, this is a guy that I'm looking to just take a stab at when you're looking at some of these pretty much free rookie running backs. Last guy I'm going to mention here, uh, I had him on my list originally, and then he's not on my notes. So I apologize for being a little clunky here towards the end. But Khalil Herbert is somebody that I'm also looking to target. He's not a handcuff for me um, because I think he's going to work his way onto the field regardless. We've seen Dave Montgomery put up solid seasons, but we've also seen the Bears, when they actually have a healthy running back behind him, still use that second guy. I think Herbert's somebody that could prove himself. Uh, again, in, in 2022, he had a really solid 2021 season when he was given the opportunity to start, obviously with any of these running backs that are going to later rounds, if they ever, the starter ever goes down in front of them, they, you know, all systems go, but Herbert's another guy that's going 
fairly cheap, almost free. You're not having to spend that Melvin Gordon, Ramondre Stevenson, Daryl Henderson price, right? Um, even that Kenneth Gainwell price, you can get hit Herbert even a little bit later. And I like that quite a bit. So I'm going to go that route. So there you go. There is part two of my running back preview. Appreciate you guys checking out today's pod. Again, if you missed the tiers episode, I roll through my top 60 rankings, made a couple tweaks in there. Um, so they might hear something a little bit different, but that's what this is all about. It's draft season, man. Got to make those adjustments. Can't just stick to your preseason takes. Hell, can't just stick to your your early August takes. Got to shift things around a bit. So looking forward to breaking down the wide receiver position for you guys next week. If you missed anything on the Warzone Network this week, you got to go back and check it out. Great show from the War Games guys that dropped on Monday. Mentioned the SmackDowns on Tuesday. Of course, the Warzone Memphis and Jerry on Wednesday. And then Dallas was bringing the Oklahoma drill on Thursday as well. And he's got another one in the hopper to expect, I believe, this weekend. So tons of great content coming out of the network right now. Really appreciate you guys checking out and supporting all of us. Rate and review the show if you like what you hear. Enjoy your weekend. If you're at the Expo, hit me up. Follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. Until next week, I'll catch you guys later. I'll see you.